everybody to Critical Conversations episode 18. Right? Yeah, I think so. Definitely 18. We're getting good at this. <laughs> um, yeah, we had another little week off, but we're back. And uh, it has been another busy couple weeks of news. So we're just going to jump into some, some good topics here, some current events, a little bit of politics. But I first wanted to welcome you if this is your first time. Critical Conversations is a show where we slow down, talk about some important news, important politics without getting too much into the click bait and sensationalism and just a uh, good old fashioned conversation. So yeah, I'm your sure. host and co-host Sam Castles and Jared Bessie here with me as always. Hello. And super glad to have you guys. So yeah, happy to be here. Yes. Uh, I think it's been a, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, uh, which is, yes. you know, when isn't it honestly. Yep. Um, so the big, news in the last couple of days has been uh, GameStop, which who would have thunk that uh, GameStop was be all over the news. But yeah, so kind of break us down. So I'm sure for people that like don't understand, because I was kept reading GameStop everywhere. It was all in the headlines. And I was like, just kind of ignoring it. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then started to read surface headlines, got so confused. And I feel like I have a grasp on it now, but kind of give us a little breakdown of what's sure. going on. Yeah. So I'm no expert on this by any means. I don't really know a whole lot about the stock market in general, but basically I'm sure you guys all know the basic idea if you're following anything at all is that uh, the hedge fund managers, so this is like big big money on Wall Street, uh, thought that GameStop, uh, GameStop's stock, that is so hard <laughs> It's really to hard to say. I've heard a million people say it wrong in the last couple GME of is like the abbreviation. That's what I like right. to just call it. GME <laughs> was, they thought it was overvalued. And basically you can do this thing called shorting. And that's basically where you borrow, uh, borrow the stock from a lender, right? So like the actual right. stockbroker. And then you go out and you sell that to other people, right? At the current price. And then later on you buy it back and you hope it's going to be at a lower price so that when you return it to the lender you get to make all of the margin anyway i'm not going to go into details because there's no way i can explain it better than anybody else on the internet so you should definitely go look that up but one thing that i think has been really interesting is um you know once the kind of thing that started all of this was this big company melvin capital was shorting gme so they were trying to borrow a lot but they were shorting it at like 140 percent basically um which is which because it should only be 100 percent of something <laughs> yeah so i guess uh and again you should definitely do your own research on this if you're more interested this is pretty similar i think it's they're kind of able to do it through loopholes uh but it's basically the same thing as naked short selling and that is technically illegal i think it was deemed illegal after the 2008-2009 Right, because 2008, everyone was overbought, and then, yeah, everything crashed, so. Right, so that's sort of one of the key points, I think, to understand, is this wasn't just randomly any stock that they decided, uh, all these Redditors decided to just buy in mass um, in order to drive up the point, the price to leave the Melvin Capital people who were kind of in a big bind, and when they have to buy in the back, it's supposed to make the stock go even higher. So, right. Uh, again, look, there's a lot of good explanations that are better than mine. But I think the important thing, if you want like a really brief summary, is that uh, it shouldn't have happened to begin with. And, and I think hedge funds do this a lot on the side. 
but apparently this one was just really kind of out there to begin with. Like they were very uh, open about how much they were short selling it. And I think this is a stock that uh, the people on Reddit, like Wall Street Bets, was already pretty fond of. So when they see these, because right, Reddit, GameStop, like it's just, you know, it's this like online community. So it's there's like a, an extra level of that kind of stuff, right? But it, yeah, it also they did this to a lot of other stock stocks too. It wasn't just GameStop. Yes. That was the main right. one, but there was also Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, um, AMC, AMC, all Nokia. these different ones. Yeah, all these different ones that are kind of like brands that aren't doing as well. That they were like, oh, these are being undervalued and shorted. Let's get in on them while they're low and drive up the price. Right. So anyway, it's been a a huge storyline, and obviously, I think it got to kind of a fever pitch when a lot of the companies that allowed people to trade stopped allowing people to buy and sell uh, GameStop. So right, Robinhood gets all mixed up in this whole thing. Right. It's crazy. So, Which yeah. is a, a pretty big deal because, you know, you buy onto these apps, you get onto the websites, you join, you might even pay a little bit of a fee, not with Robinhood, but in order right. to buy and sell whatever stocks you want. And then once you're starting to make money and you want to buy more, they don't allow you. They only allow you to hold, like hold or sell it. Um, so there's right. going to be a lot of legal lawsuits uh, kind of resulting from this. There's going to be a lot of changes, hopefully, going forward on how these things work. Well, it's interesting because, um, like, yeah, there's just obviously from a from a uh, perspective of like Melvin or like these other mutual funds, Robinhood's great because it's getting lots of people to buy stocks and it's getting a lot of more people involved. But then on the flip side, when you have this thing called the internet that people can just do crazy things and meet together and just be like, ah, oh, we can do what we want, right. and have this mass of people, and Robinhood is invested by these big firms because they're like they're, they've, they've been good for the market so like they've been put all this money in it so then robin hood's cotton between a rock and a hard place like yes. we say we're one thing but also if we don't if we continue to do that our investors who are literally funding us are going to get stop giving us money so right and also why it's messy there yeah i mean i don't think they should have caved but yeah i know, know that it's, like it's a tricky situation for sure right because there there is so many legal stuff with the market but right it's kind of like in my opinion with a lot of government things once you have so many regulations and so much money being made behind the regulations there's a lot of stuff that just kind of we look the other way or we find loopholes the same way with taxes it's like we have such a complicated system that um there's yep. definitely some sketchy stuff that goes on that's just how it works um i think every government probably suffers from that and uh, it's definitely one of these things where that get the redditors, people who are out to get these hedge funds, say, "Okay, with the SEC, they're in charge of regulating this. They've been looking the other way right. they need for all be, of these yeah. things, and now that we're doing something, now suddenly it's a serious market threat and all of this." But yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like once upon a time, Robinhood was like, "Oh, it's bringing all these people to the market. That's good for the hedge funds." They're like, "Oh, these people are putting in money, and we're going to make money off of it, and they're going right. to make some, but we're going to make most of it." And but all of a sudden, when they start losing the money, they're like, hey, this is not fair anymore. And yeah, it is interesting because I know you're not allowed to collude to intentionally drive a stock price up or down. But when it's something so democratic and unregulated like this, it's like, well, who right, can you really? Because it's just these random people on Reddit. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I know that's something that it's funny if you look on the actual Wall Street Bets Reddit 
they're constantly saying stuff like, uh, this isn't financial advice. We're not doing it for any goal. We just like the stock. And like, I think that's just like the, the legal way of not getting shut down is you, you have to claim like, oh, it's because right, it, like it was shut down for a few days, wasn't it? Or like a few hours or something? Yeah, it got paused or went on private for a few hours. And but then it brought it, brought it back pretty quick because yeah, it's yeah. just a bunch. It's just a mess. So <laughs> yeah, so I definitely if you're interested in that sort of thing, would definitely check out uh, a little bit of what's going on. But um. Yeah, I'm I was very like, curious to see what will happen next. Yeah, I was reading and talking to some friends yesterday about it. And it's like, it, if nothing else, this has been a good education for a lot of Americans on like what, like trading and, you know, all this just different stuff in the stock market and investing and shorting and all these different things, which I knew yes. a decent bit <laughs> about, but like, especially not like the shorting stuff and all this kind of like more in the weeds. It's been really um, educational experience for me too, just reading about this stuff. Um, so it is, and if nothing else, that is, I think a positive outcome. So. Yeah, I think you're right. We're all experts on viruses and now the stock market. So right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw one that was talking about sort of the three, it's the four Wednesdays of January, like the first Wednesday we had Capitol riot, second Wednesday we had impeachment, third Wednesday we had Biden's inauguration, the fourth Wednesday was GameStop. Like, wow, that's blowing up. A crazy, crazy start to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yep, gotta love it, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Um, and speaking of transitions, if we want to <laughs> move on to perfect, um, what do we want to talk about? Biden's executive order right here. Yeah, we can. I was just going to show a quick thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Just a One cool little, um, if you know what Reuters graphics is, I'm going to share my screen here in a sec. Yeah, do it. Um, but basically, they, you know, because everyone wants to know when everyone can get, vac can get vaccinated, right? That's kind of the, the thing. But they, so they basically created this cool graphic um, that shows the, your ideal distribution way in the U.S., um, so, like, basically, if we take the average of what we've vaccinated so far, by the time everyone gets their first dose, it'd be October 2022. Obviously, that's, you know, just with the, how we, how things are right now, and we're ramping up still, so that's not, not going to be exactly how it is. Uh, that's the, a dose of 750,000 doses per day. Um, if we, based on the last seven days, rolling average, this is a new graphic, so it's just the last couple of days, um, we will all have a first dose by... September 20, like September of this year. So well, that's not, super soon. So wait, when you say all of us, it's saying 75%. Herd, herd, immunity, herd immunity. So all that of us- That qualifies as 75%. Yes. Well, experts have said 70, 70, 65 to 70 is typically herd immunity. COVID okay. might be a little bit more because it's so- Contagious. Contagious and easy to spread. Okay. Fauci has said that 75. So they're just going on the safe end and saying 75 for herd gotcha. immunity. Um, oh, look how low we are on this graph. <laughs> I know we are way down still. But what's cool is that this last one is basically you can set um, like how positive or like, you know, how optimistic or pessimistic you think you are. So okay. you might be saying like, oh, I don't think it's going to be until September and we're still going to be doing, you know, only a million and a half doses today. Then it was still, you know, it's going to take a lot longer. And the second dose we're probably not going to be getting until the spring oh, of 2022 but that's still <laughs> but that's saying like I, you know optimistically i think in april 
we should be having 2 million a day. And that would be by October. So, and that's like, you know, less than even um, the other projection. So anyway, okay. so that's- Yeah, that is cool. Not too bad, right? Right. Uh, anyway, this is, I think this is a pretty cool uh, simulation. Yeah, that is nice. They've got some other information at the bottom. But. What are, uh, do they have sort of expert guesses or? I mean, I think this one's kind of like the herd immunity guess. Um, there's definitely other factors, like some that might be there, like state, depending on how states go and like, cause like Texas is one of the like faster states at, at getting out cause they just have space, but in other smaller states, it might take a lot longer. So like, yeah, it just might be reaching immunity in different places. So travel might be weird still. Right. Um, but we, the supply also should be going up. So I don't think they have a particular thing. But I mean, Biden's goal is 100 million in 100 days, which seems super achievable. Um, so. Nice. Yeah. This, Very cool. Yeah, it says at the bottom, they could 70 to 80% by the end of the summer. So, not bad. Not, not too bad. bad. All right, I'm gonna stop that share. Cool. Um, so quick. So yeah. So kind of transitioning the rest of this, we're gonna talk a little bit about Biden and kind of what his presidency has been like so far, and specifically his executive orders, and kind of doing like a, a brief look at just executive orders in general and kind of what Biden's done so far. Um, but first, I wanted to mention his. Uh, popularity because you know I think it's just interesting to see compare especially comparison to Trump who's hovered around like 40 percent popular you know for forever right. um, and always been under that 50 percent margin pretty much all of his presidency so right now and has been kind of consistent since inauguration day he's at about 54.3 percent um, it was about 55 a couple days ago, dropped to 53, but now it's about 54. So that's pretty high, higher than Trump's pretty much ever, ever was. So, but that's to be expected from a new president, I guess. Right. Well, it, it seems to me to basically just mirror the party or the uh, popular vote along yep. party lines, right? So that's kind of how it was for Trump's whole thing. Like the yep. popular vote, he lost by what was four or five percent. Right. 3% maybe, I can't remember, for 2016. And yeah, we saw his approval rating stay like right about where you would expect it. Yeah. No, for <laughs> it sure. always kind of can go up a percent or two, maybe some independents or disgruntled Republicans and stuff like that. Yeah. So I kind of expect Biden's to say roughly the same. I bet it will stay around 55% most of his presidency. It's maybe, just so partisan, you know, we'll right? We'll probably see a bump when COVID ends, I would think. It's like, oh, yay. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I just don't, don't really think but, COVID will have a distinct end. It's just going to be death of a thousand cuts. True. True. Kind of just thing. Slowly, slowly hanging around. But you're right. Like, in theory, he's going to inherit things that should trend upwards. Economy should be trending upwards. Right. Right. COVID should be trending upwards. Fascinating cool. stuff. Yep. So let's talk Speaking about... Speaking of Biden. <laughs> exactly. Now you can do your transition. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you haven't heard, Biden has issued a lot of executive orders. Uh, in fact, what was it, 42 executive orders so far? 
Yeah, I think that's what we're up to today. But uh, what did you say? It was 30 in the first three days. Which was 30 in the first three days. Yeah, so it was super, super fast. Record setting, right? Yep. The most it ever in, in that period of time. And I think it's interesting. I was reading an article when it was like in November or December after he'd been elected, but before inaugurated. And it was just talking about Biden has a chance to finally stop the executive orders kind of like and it was from a liberal perspective it was on politico it wasn't like conservative yeah, yeah. streaming it was just like yeah we have a chance to kind of put a hold on these kinds of executive orders and then obviously that was right. <laughs> not the case and i think that was a very optimistic point of view but i read it and sure. i was like oh maybe oh no <laughs> it's too uh it's too powerful of a tool i mean yeah these are the kind of things that you can't in theory, rely on Congress for because they're too slow and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Like what executively is an executive order? Because in the constitution, it's pretty, um, it's pretty vague, vague. right? So basically just the way they liked it, the executive power shall be vested in the president of the United States and he shall take care of the law as faithfully executed. And the Supreme court has, agreed that yeah that means that the president can sign basically law into effect to do things quicker than congress can so stuff that needs to be happened faster like and this isn't new like you know washington issued eight throughout his eight years like you know executive orders is not a you know rare or like a new thing right right um and they've been around as long as the presidency but it's definitely kind of a vague like what is this? Um, the two kind of qualifiers to executive orders are they are subje subject to judicial review, just like all law is. They have to make sure that they follow the Constitution and um, Supreme Court can't overturn them. Congress is also allowed to overturn them, but because they will probably be vetoed for whatever they pass, they would have to have a supermajority um, unless the president is just like, ah, whatever, and doesn't veto it, which I don't think would happen. Yeah, it's strange. So, right. So there are some things that like when the president wants to pass something, but he says he's waiting on Congress or like Congress is in the way. Is this because they're sort of outside the scope of the executive power or because like would it get struck down? They're assuming. Yeah. I think, think there's kind instance. of like, well, the like executive orders are like part of the executive branch still. So it's not, it's to help execute things. So you can't, I don't think, well, he can do some funding stuff. I don't know all of what the lines are. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with budgetary stuff that Congress is in charge of. And I think it's also part of the, like we're working together and cooperating. And it's not like these true like bills and laws that like, outline everything that's involved and like those are the kind of things congress does they're pretty short usually they kind of make a statement right some of the ones we've looked at that biden does has done so far are very kind of vague like this is something good we should do that's an executive order <laughs> you know right. as opposed to true law kind of things but they also can have the power to you know fund the border wall that was one of trump's executive orders right. stopped immigrants I think, or people coming from the new certain countries in the middle east like that was an executive order right. so there's a lot of that right. and i think that also might be a big part of why they're a little bit limited 
is as soon as the next guy comes in office, he can just undo all of your executive powers, which right. he can't do for like if Congress passes a law, the executive bless you cannot just yeah. undo that law. Yeah, so, it's not, the, not the same. That's why a lot of times they're like, okay, we we're not going to try to do this through executive power because that's been a I think a an old debate as well. Like conservatives, I think complained a lot about Obama's use of the executive power. They're like, oh, anything he couldn't do in Congress, he tried to do through executive orders. So it's definitely a fine line, and I think there's a lot of um, gray areas there. But I think at the end of the day, the courts are the ones that are like most responsible for determining. Okay, we're striking this down. We're striking that down. Yeah, no, for sure. So I wanted to give a quick uh, walkthrough of like presidents that have done a, a lot or a little of these executive orders. I think it's just interesting. So like I said yeah. earlier, Washington has done eight, uh, but pretty early the founders all were, were under that. So Adams and Madison and Jefferson all total for six, Monroe one, you know, like, so it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty small. Uh, I'd say like Lincoln, it ramped up a little bit. He had 48, um, but Grant was the first one to break over 100, and he had 217. So it's kind of starting to ramp up. But then, like Garfield's, who wasn't in office very long, but you know, only had six, uh, and then it started kind of trending around in the 100, 150. Um, and then once we hit Teddy Roosevelt, it massive increase to over a thousand. Right. Um, and his probably was, you know, he was, he did a lot of stuff in office. So, right. He was one of the very early, like big progressive, uh, right. Big government stuff. Yeah. A lot of things to get done. Was he, so was he I, the, the square deal? FDR was the new deal. TR. I forget what his big thing was. Maybe. I just always think of national parks and stuff with him. Right. That's, um, and then as we got into Woodrow Wilson, he had 1,800, Coolidge had 1,200, and then FDR being the person that he was had 3,700. Yeah. Well, he also had... Time. It's almost averaging one a day. Basically. He had like four terms though. Well, true, but you look at average for his average per year, three yeah. So basically one every day. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite, wow. but that's a lot. Uh, but yeah, he was in office 12 terms. So that does, or 12 years. So that does make a little more sense. Um, Amazing. And then we've trended back down since then. Eisenhower had about 500, Nixon 350, Carter 320. Um, and then it's hovered around 300 in the last couple of years, the last couple of presidents. So, which is interesting to note that Obama had less than Bush. I don't know if the scope was more in Bush or in Obama's, but. Yeah. No telling. They're all so different. Like, right. Because we'll look at some of Biden's here in a second, and like, right. They're, they're you know, yeah, they're very different. <laughs> yeah, because some are like huge deals that affect the everyday lives of Americans, and some are just like very trivial, like yeah. very basic, even bordering on symbolic stuff. So, right, for sure. Okay. Well, do you want to walk through some of these? Um... Yeah, let's do it. What's, there's a cool some there's some been some cool stuff done by like CNN they have like some cool graphs that kind of show the um, which I'll just share my screen to show this briefly here um, but basically this was the top this is the first 30 that that Biden did in the first three days so these are kind of the most important ones a lot of the stuff we talked about 
in our last episode about Biden's, um, like kind of his preview and a lot of the stuff that he would, that he would get done. And so it's kind of cool because it says the topic and then whether it was reversal of a Trump policy um, and then what's kind of the new. So that's, that's kind of a right. cool, cool little chart. Yeah. Uh, so these but, bolded ones are the ones that are reversals. Yes. Yes. So like the, you know, one of the first ones he did was getting back into the, the Paris agreement, which we talked about um, last time. And so that will, right. We'll be back, which is again, I think, I said this last time, but it's just yeah. that at the end of the day, we'll have been out of the Paris Agreement like a total of two and a half months, uh, which is just wild. <laughs> <That> <laughs> After all amazing. that talk about it, it's just like, oh, it wasn't, it was just a little blip. Yeah, that is pretty crazy to think about. So um, some of these other ones that were kind of big um, was the Keystone Pipeline and basically canceled that and reversed like a hundred different actions on the environment that Trump had. Uh, and so that's like one of the ones that's like, okay, this is a lot bigger in scope. This involves a lot of people and jobs and this whole big project, you know, it's a hundred miles or something, right? Right. Um, up in Canada. And so I don't know a ton about that topic, but I just know that that's... that's um, yeah, that was a big one that um, at least the right definitely wanted to harp on. Like, if you're in this, this could be a lot of jobs lost and right. we're going to be less dependent uh, we're going to be more dependent on other countries for oil. Right. It's definitely an a interesting talking point. I think some of these other ones were like the one I had showed I had at the beginning is, you know, it lays the foundation for a $15 minimum wage. And so I, we were trying to figure out what that, before the show, what that means. And it's basically like, let's start to think about talking about raising the minimum wage soon. <laughs> right. So it's one of those that's kind of like, okay, what does this executive order actually um, say or do? Um, let's see what else. A lot of them have to do with the, the coronavirus, like, you know, establishing a, um, like a group, helping for people that have, that need to get stimulus, like rolling that out better, um, increasing testing, some of it's more like kind of symbolic, but I mean, some of them were like, you, you know, I'm sure most people heard about the one on federal, federal land that's, or any federal property, you have to have masks. Uh, it was a hundred days mandate, so. Um, what was the, did you do one on fracking? Or is that uh, part of the Keystone one? That might've been part of the Keystone one because it was like a bunch of different actions on the environment. Right. That were wrapped up in that, but I, because I don't think I saw one that was specifically on fracking. Okay. Um, kind of more overturning stuff. We had him ending the ban from majority Muslim countries. So those, um, yeah, that that early uh, Trump executive order that the Supreme Court upheld from the Hawaii that was overturned. So that's one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's one of those, it was just such a big news, but now that this new president, just a few years later, it's just, it's overturned again. Right. Uh, so it makes you wonder how good executive orders are. Um, yeah. A lot of other ones about the border patrol stuff and um, stopping funding for the border wall, establishing 
uh, my DACA stuff. Um, yeah, pausing student loans payments was just pretty, uh, which we kind of knew was probably going to happen, but it was an extension because that freeze has been on since the beginning of the virus, but Trump hadn't extended it. Right. A couple of the ones on day two where there was like, he stopped travel or like you had to be tested to come into the United States, which most people had to be tested leaving, but not coming. Um, so that, I think that was a good one. Um, but like, a, here's another kind of the more symbolic one is the executive order that supports the reopening and continuing operation of schools. It's like, okay, so that's just the administration basically saying we want schools to reopen. Yeah, I think that they're like promising some funding or something. Yeah, and yeah, they're just going to help develop guidance for elementary and secondary schools and how to reopen and say. Right. So I'm sure right. there's funds involved in that and that's going to be, you know. Right. Um, what else? Oh, there's going to be a freeze on federal debt for veterans, which I think is kind of cool during all of this stimulus yeah, delivery I talked about. Um, I saw a bunch of people talking about the transgender military ban. So that was something that Trump had enacted. That's been overturned. Right. So basically transgenders can join the military. Yeah. Open transgenders can be allowed to be in the military. Gosh. Makes sense. And there was one transgender one, I think about schools too. Cause I know at least in the, some of the right wing circles, I was seeing that a lot. Right. Yeah, I think um, this was allowing them to compete in sports regardless of regardless of gender. Right. Let me look that up real quick. Was there any others that you were seeing? No, I mean, like you said, a lot of these are sort of just undoing. Um, there were like there was a like immigration restriction from Muslim majority, a couple of Muslim majority countries that got reversed. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. That, Go ahead. No, I was just making sure. Yeah, it's the just just more of the school stuff that was right. That yeah, I was in that first day order, day one order. I think overall they're all pretty I mean, nothing huge like like you said I think the Keystone pipeline that one seems pretty big yeah, on the environment Paris Accords is pretty pretty big there's a lot right. of immigration changes but none of those things I feel like were that um, we kind of figured most of those were coming at some yeah point. there was maybe not I mean, so quickly and so much at the first three days but yeah did you mention the uh minimum wage like groundwork basically yeah basically just setting up that it was going to be talked about soon right yeah so there's Which that one will that one could be a big deal but i think he's also pledged that if that passed it would be in the senate and or in the in congress and they wouldn't use they wouldn't repeal the um filibuster to do that so right right he yeah, wants that to try to big, get that that was a big true. thing i guess to talk about as well as they had the opportunity to ban get rid of the filibuster 
right because the democrats have control right right but they opted to leave that in which is a bit of an olive branch i think to the republicans because now the republicans that's kind of their only tool is the filibuster right and okay we have to work together with at least 10 of these republican senators right figure something out which i think is good and i think that was i I don't know how much Schumer was involved versus how much Biden was involved in like that kind of transition, but I'm sure they're all working together. And, right. Um, so. That's yeah. Really interesting. And I know that, are they still planning to try Trump's impeachment in the Senate? They were going to pause it for two weeks and then. Yeah. So that starts, uh, I think it's February 5th. Okay. I want to so say be, not this week, but. Well, that'll be the end of this week. It'll be Friday. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe it's the end, of, either the end of the week or the beginning of next week. Um, yeah, because they're not—they don't meet on Friday, so I think it might be middle middle of the week. But yeah, so they are going to start hearing in the Senate, um, starting the trial and figuring out what's all going to go on. Although several of Trump's—I don't know—just this just happened this afternoon. It looked like several of Trump's attorneys just quit. Right. I don't know if yeah, five former five attorneys on the impeachment defense team quit. Uh, but I don't know if that has all what that's going to be for the mean for the Senate trial. Yeah, February 8th. So yeah, next Monday. Uh, but yeah, five, five that were supposed to help during that trial quit over disagreements on legal strategy and how to mount Trump's defense. So because I don't think they have one. <laughs> so <laughs> they're just kind of like seeing what sticks fascinating Uh, yeah so that'll be interesting to watch and i'm sure we'll talk about that more in the next couple weeks as we see that impeachment trial play out although i don't based on because so the senate took a vote i don't know if you saw this last week basically asking whether to skip the trial or not um whether they should actually have it which they knew wasn't as more symbolic than anything because since the democrats have majority it was gonna it's gonna happen either way but there were only four five republicans that sided with the democrats right to not skip and so that which mcconnell has said it doesn't mean that's what because he ended up siding with this, we should skip the vote uh, he's like that doesn't mean that's going to be my final vote is going to be but it's a pretty clear signal that they're not going to get anything close to like the six right. 17 or yeah exactly um to actually bar him from office in the future right so. I don't know what's good. It's all going to do at the end of the day. I feel like it's just going to take a lot of time and energy, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else? I think that's about it. Um, I think all in all, even though the number is big, it hasn't been that crazy. Like I know that there's a lot of, progressives on the left that wanted uh more action out of this team than it's had so like right. the checks have been a big thing democrats have control and people on the left really wanted those two thousand dollar covid relief checks sent right away and um, instead right. they're talking about the 1400 and that's going to add up to the 600 and somehow that's two thousand so that's been a big source of frustration right um, and the fact that they're lumping it. I feel like the fact they're lumping it in with a lot of other things has kind of hampered right. that ability to pass anytime soon. Right. Um, so that'll be interesting. 
Because, I mean, it's definitely the Democrats ran a lot on, like, oh, this administration is not taking effective steps to control COVID and people are struggling and they need relief. Right. And now they're in power in this first week and a half or however long it's been, two weeks now, almost hasn't seen any, like, huge steps. At least from Congress. I think some of these executive orders do some things. Some things. Or at least but, yeah. try to do some things. But, yeah, no, for sure. Or like, yeah, for like minimum wage, like it's really, they don't really, they're not changing anything. They're just kind of like setting stones in place to increase later. And right. I think the mask mandate is only for federal workers. Only for federal like property. There's another, I didn't read this public one, another executive order that says like we federal government will work with states to increase a mask order in all states. Right. It's like, Okay, it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> right, right. There's been a lot of those where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're working toward that kind of thing. Yep. So I think it's been interesting. I think a little bit less aggressive than I would have expected given the number, but still a lot of executive orders. Yeah, for sure. All right, but, yeah, I think that's mostly it. Okay. Um, well, do you have a recommendation for us to close this out today? Shoot, I never decided on my recommendation. Oh, uh and I give it a, a full like twenty seconds of thought here. And we recommend the Super Bowl. Is that allowed? <laughs> Super Bowl is coming up. I will say, um, YouTube TV has been something that's been really nice for our family to like be able to share YouTube TV. And I just learned the other day, um, and I, I think this is how it works: is like if I'm splitting YouTube TV, I thought that my physical device had to go to my home area. So like I live in Virginia, my parents live in Dallas. And if we want right. to share YouTube TV, it lets you have like three or four screens. You should check it out. Um, yeah, because you can, I assume you can that link, I would have you to go home your, every now and then. You can link your Google account to your right. YouTube TV and have different profiles so you're not exactly. all watching on the same yep. cloud. So we, we can all share that, which is nice because obviously if I was using cable, I wouldn't be able to use my parents' cable from home. Right. But with YouTube TV, you're able to like share. And then I'm pretty sure this is how it works is I can uh, just have them log in as my profile at home. And it sort of like renews my home area. I think that's how it works. Cause that's, I had a friend that said that, that that's what they do. Cause I, I basically, my brother, he like cast his phone to my TV and then it just had me logged in as like him, but it still lets us watch at the same time. I don't know. I love it because I get all the cowboy games, which is oh, very nice. It still reads you as it thinks I'm in Texas because it's locked in under Ben and his like account is in Texas, basically. Gotcha. So cool. I think in theory I could do it under mine, but every three months I'd have to have or three weeks, I can't remember what it is. I have to have I think it's three months, not that bad. Ben like log in as me on his phone so it knows I'm like in Texas. Interesting. I'm curious. I'm curious if that's how this works. But basically, YouTube TV I really love because it it has like the main stuff. I really just want it for sports and news kind of thing generally. Right. Um, but I can watch it on my computer. I can watch it on my phone. Yeah. Um, very easy to use. The price has gone up a little bit, but if you're sharing it with people who live with you, that could be a really good way to work around it. Well, and it's so much cheaper than cable because my dad switched yes. from DirecTV to to YouTube TV, and it's like. You know, going from 160 bucks to you know 50, 60, right? So you're saving 100 bucks a month, which yeah. is 
a crazy amount. So yeah, and now like I know this happens a lot for me on the East Coast. If a game is going really late and I only sort of care about it, I'll be like, okay, I'll start winding down, brushing my teeth, get into bed, and like watch the end of it on my phone. And then as soon as that's off, I just go to bed, which I definitely can't do with cable. So right, um, yeah, being able to switch between all your devices seamlessly is really nice. Yeah, so definitely recommend that streaming form. I I think it's the way of the future for sure. You just get all your TV through Wi-Fi. Yeah, um, which is very nice. Or you, even data, like I can watch it in the car, and not that I would do it while I'm driving, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, if I'm in the back seat, you can tune in stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, it's incredibly convenient. Yeah, since um, it's all in the cloud, and it's all streaming all the time, you have unlimited storage space, so you're not worried about like a DVR filling up or anything like that. Yeah, it's unlimited forever. So, so especially <laughs> if if you guys are trying to figure out a way to watch the Olympics this summer, you might. All right. Do it for one month, get a couple friends to go halfsies with you, and boom. Which are they, wasn't there going to be some weird thing about that being on Peacock? Oh. And like some exclusive stuff only I could see that happening. It's supposed it, to be on CBS, so. Or you mean NBC, right? Yeah, that's what I meant, NBC. Yeah, CBS is CBS All Access. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. all okay. on yeah. NBC. NBC, yeah, NBC. yeah they, they have Peacock. Yeah, yeah, I'll have so. to check that out. But anyway, yeah. if March Madness, whatever. It's, it's nice because you can do it for a month, put it down, stuff like that. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, all right. That's my recommendation, YouTube TV. Cool. All right, well, thank you all for joining us. This was a good episode. I think this was fun. Um, we'll be back next week at some point. Um, sure. We've been Critical Conversations. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook and Spotify and all the other places. Uh, you can stream podcasts and uh, video. Um, yeah, I don't know what next week is. We may have a guest. Who uh, knows? Sure. See what happens in the news this week. So, all, all right. right. Thanks, Thanks guys. everyone.